Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Here's what I want to tell you real fast. That what you're feeling in this house right now is something that's not new to this time. It was something that was felt in an upper room. Here's the thing I want you to understand real fast. What we believe here, and I can say that confidently because today I'm a part of you and I know this church. I watch you from afar and I celebrate every step with you. But here's what I want you to get real fast. And I'm not going to knock any other denomination. That's not what I do. But I will tell you that many other belief systems have people they go to. They say, well, here's a writing that I've got to go gather from. Here's someone's thoughts I've got to go gather from. And when they waver a little bit, they go and they dig out some paperwork. And they say, okay, here's what he wrote. And that's who we are. And here's what they wrote. And that's, okay, that makes sense. And they have writings by John Wesley and Martin Luther and so on and so forth from the Reformation and from belief systems and all these things. Here's what I'll tell you real fast. We don't go back just to a page. We go back to an experience. So when we want to know who we are, we just say, you know what? I I know what the Word of God says and I know what it is and so I want what they had. I want what they experienced and so I sometimes got to walk my dreary soul up into an upper room and say, I know I was down and out, but thank God I feel what I feel today. I think that's who we are. We're the people that believe that God can move and God can change and he's alive and well. And we're the people that believe that God can move on the corner of a street when you you call on the name of Jesus. We're the people that believe that he can move even in a target when you call on the name of Jesus. We're the people that believe that when you're driving down the road, make sure you pull off the road. But we're the people that believe God can move there as well. Amen. We're the people of the name. I want you to just help me out right now. What's the name? Man, there's nothing like the name of Jesus. There's nothing like the name of Jesus. Amen. Man, it feels so, so good here at Promise Church. There's just a buzz. I don't know about you, but I think you should just like install some garage doors on the side. And you just hit a remote. And all these, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing right now, but if you hit a remote and all these doors would open up because you need about probably 300, 400, 500 new, more chairs. You need to probably just let everybody know. I mean, it, it wouldn't be nice. I mean, maybe not today so much, but it, it's, it's sunny outside. I, I just, there's something about what's happening in this place. Amen. Let me challenge you this morning. I'll hurry along here. Don't get used to it. 
what you need to do is just expect more and, and want more. I was flying into New York City not long ago, and I was reminded about when I was younger and the first time I flew into the city. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm living now where I grew up, back in a little town called Arkadelphia, Arkansas, and we're seeing amazing things take place. God took us home, and, and the church is having revival today. I just got a message a moment ago about the guests we have for a special occasion that's going on in our church. And you say, well, why are you here? Because my good friend called me. That's why I'm here. But I will tell you, God's doing amazing things. But, and I'll have you seated in literally 20 seconds. Don't put a timer on me, though. But I remember flying in for the first time, and I was sitting by a man that was reading a book while I was uh, uh, kind of like wanting to see the city. And he was sitting there, and he was reading, and I was like, I was on the aisle seat, and I'm leaning over him, looking at the city. And he could tell he kind of squirmed a little bit. And I'm thinking, man, I just want to see. I've never seen this. I, I want to see it. I want to experience it. And he was just looking at his book. And I'm leaning over and he's staring at his book. And finally he says, what, can I help you? I said, you could help me if you move back just a little bit. Let me see. He said, have you never seen this before? I said, I've never been here before. He said, oh, I see it once a week. It's kind of gotten old. I'm, I started wondering myself, what else has gotten old in my life? Do I come in and see the great host team that opened the door with a smile? I mean, they open the door and the sunshine just kind of comes in the building. They smile. Do I get used to that? Do I get used to coming in and all the things being done? Great worship team, great singers. Do I get used to it? Do I get used to coming in and seeing 27 people baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus? I hope I never get used to it. I hope every time I come to church, I'm looking and wondering and, and, and expecting and believing. I hope every time I look at somebody beside me and say, I wonder what's going to happen today. Let it happen in my life today. Come on, clap your hands one more time to it. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated this, this morning, this afternoon. You may be seated. Now, here's the thing. There's one service today. As you know, many of you are accustomed to maybe being at lunch by now or you're just getting going, whatever the case may be. I'm not going to be a long, long time, but here's what I'm asking you. I'm asking you to allow what the Lord does in your heart today be something that changes your heart, something that speaks to your heart. I believe the Lord's going to do that. I have full confidence in it. He has designed this day, and we are, we are so excited about what the Lord's already done. And what a great job by the incredible the, the sign team, musicians, all the above. It's just been absolutely incredible. Look at this verse with me at 2 Kings chapter 6, 2 Kings chapter 6, and we're going to read Verse 13, I believe through 17. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 13 through 17. In this text, we find where the word comes forth. And he says, and go spy or go see where he is that I may send and get him. And it was told him saying, surely he is in Dothan. Let me just, let me just, we're going to just leave that up there if you can. Because we're going to take a minute here because this, this word Dothan is a place in the Bible that's mentioned a couple of times. And this is the, I believe the second time this word was mentioned. And the first time was in Genesis. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But this Dothan means a place of uncertainty. 
It also means a place of two wells. But here we have Elisha traveling, and he had, he had resided in this area, but he's going in to spy on the land. And the scripture says that they, they speak and, and, and ask him to do that. Verse 14, we'll go on a little bit farther, get a little more context. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. So they're longing to look and find Elisha. They're looking for this man of power, this man that has caused disruption. And, and, he, and, then, and then Syria sends these horses and sends these chariots, sends all these things this way. And the Bible says they came by night and surrounded the city. In verse 15, we get a little more understanding of what takes place in this text. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, the Bible says pretty much he wakes up, he goes out, and he looks up, and the, the, the morning's sun reveals to him that last night there seemed to be nobody there, but now I look up and I see horses and I see chariots. Now let me just help you real fast understand that this is not... To be taken lightly. Some of you are like, well, I love horses. These were not those kinds of horses. These these were horses of death. These were horses that had men that had great armor. They were not happy for one that they were out that early. They had been standing all night long. Their goal was to end whatever was below them and get back to their homes. And so they were not thrilled about it. They were a little bit hangry. You might know what I'm talking about. Don't not don't like nudge your wife or anything like that. But some of you probably are already getting a little angry. But the reality is, is here they are in this moment, in this place, and and the scripture says he looks up and he sees all these horses and all these chariots, and a servant said to him, "Alas, my master, what shall we do?" Just leave that for me if you can for a moment. But here's, the, here's what I've, and I'm already deep into my message here, but I want you to understand something. In the last few, few months, years, whatever the case may be, and, and I won't get too deep into these things, but there has been an agenda that the enemy has had on our generation that's behind us and in our world. And let me just say, if there's any place that we should talk about it, it's in the house of the Lord. Is this okay? So it's there to, to rob us of the next generation. It's there to confuse God's creation. It's there to bring a little bit of a, of a, of a muddy uh, look at the fluidity of, of, of our next generation and trying its best to confuse it. The reality is, is you, if you have any social media, or you, hopefully you don't get too caught up in these things. But, there, but the, the fact is that now we don't have to wait for the newspaper to come out now. We get all kinds of notifications, and we get the news. We get told this and that. We get told that this one said this about that. We get told that this class of people hates this class of people, and these people don't like these types of people anymore. So now we live this life of confusion. We live this life of worry and fear. We live this life of questions and wondering and, and all the above of how do we get through this and in a way. I would say you and I are in a moment where we're postured. We're saying, I know we're the church, but what shall we do? Because everywhere I look, it seems as if the world is equipped with chariots. 
And everywhere I look, it seems as if the world is equipped with horses and spears. And everywhere I go, it seems like it's not getting easier. But rather, it's getting harder. But I've come to deliver a word to a mom or a dad or a young person to tell you there's hope on the horizon. But I've come today on this Pentecost Sunday to try to speak a word of faith in you to take over the fear that has resided in you to let you know that there's something you're missing. Yes, you're seeing horses and yes, you're seeing chariots and yes, you're seeing a battle that's in front of you, but I've come to tell you the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. And you've got to believe and know that God has a plan for you in your life. He's got a plan. Now, I grew up a little bit different than some of you probably. I grew up where every day I'd go out and hop on my four-wheeler. I'd go riding down into the woods. Some of you say, well, I grew up that way too. But, but just let me believe for once I'm the only kid in America that had this type of upbringing. <laughs> we'd go down to the creek, and, and, and not the creek for all the northerners, but the creek. And we'd go down and we'd gather uh, uh, you know, sticks and we'd tie on a little fishing line and we'd, we'd catch brim out of it. We'd catch crawdads and all the stuff and we'd catch snakes. And we'd go home and show my mom, look what I've got. And she'd beat us senseless. We were catching these alligator snapper turtles. We didn't realize they could take our hand off in a brief second. But we were catching them and carrying them by the tail. And one time we brought two snakes in the house. We had a guest speaker come. That's back when you stayed in the house of the preacher. We were a broke little church. And they came in and my mom said, did y'all bring those snakes in? We said, yeah, we put them in the aquarium. She said, whoa, 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 what, what do you, you put them in the aquarium? We were like, yeah, we just put them in there. We put a lid on it. It should be good. And we went in there and neither one of those guys were in there. <laughs> My mom said, listen to me right now. They're going to be here like two hours. Y'all look quickly. I'll tell you this. We found one of them about like three weeks later. He had gotten up on a little broken window in the back and caught himself on some tape. He was perfectly preserved. But... <laughs> I don't know if I would tell this stuff, but we were riding one time on the four-wheeler, and, and I'll be honest with you, we had a three-wheeler. We could not afford the third, the fourth wheel, but we were riding on that three-wheeler. <laughs> True story, Honda Big Red for life. And, and Come on now. We were riding along, and that thing, we were going down uh, this little old country road, and the thing died, and we thought, oh, no, we don't have any gas, and we didn't really understand reserve tanks, so I'll never forget See, I grew up in church. I grew up in the back, like laying under the seat of the pew back in the days. I remember the long Sundays, and then back in the day, you were like, well, we didn't do good enough Sunday morning. Let's come back Sunday night. See y'all in a few minutes. 4.30 choir practice, prayer at 5.30. We're going to have church until 1 a.m., and then you're going to get up, and you're going to be happy going to school. You might remember those days? It's like, you ain't good enough. You're going to come back again on the Sabbath. The day of rest. Right? So it was always a little confusing. But back in the day, we had good, good, good church too. Like we had today. And I remember though being, being in a service like that when I, was, when I would pick up things. And I was gleaning things on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesdays. Let me just tell you real fast. Let me just pause real fast and tell you, Mom and Dad. It's good that you get your kids to church as often as you can. Yeah, I'm telling you real fast. Sometimes you learn things and sometimes you catch things. And I'm telling you right now, just being around some good godly people in the lobby and being around them in a life group and being around them in a good conversation, there's something about that iron that sharpens iron that's good for the soul, good for the spirit. And you may not think you need it now, but you're going to need it someday. You're going to gather up some things. Amen. Gonna gather up some things that are important to you and your family. But I remember going, and we were literally like 
10, 11, 12 years old and, and, and maybe even younger. My cousin and I were riding that bike and, and all of a sudden the gas went out. And we were like, bro, this is not good. We're a ways from home. And we were going deep into the woods. And I remember not knowing what to do. And I looked at him and I said, well, we could always try this. And I kid you not, we took our hands and we put them on that gas tank and we said, Lord, in Jesus' name. You think I'm crazy? I promise you to this day. I remember it, and I think about it, and I feel a little childish. But there's childlike faith that you still got to have. There's something about it. And so the, I believe the Lord looked down and chuckled at me and said, you know what? I'm going to give you just enough to get back because I promise you we had worked and we had worked and we had worked and we had worked. We had tilted that thing. We had lifted the back up. We had tried to do all we could. But I'm not joking. I looked at my cousin and we prayed and we said, Lord, we're going to get the whoopings of a lifetime if we don't get back with this thing soon. So I'm asking, Lord, for us, our future generations and all those that are far off, put some gas in this thing as fast as you can. And when I'm telling you right now that we went and started that thing up. It cranked up. I looked at him and he looked at me and I said, it worked. Let's go. And we went back to the house. But here's what I want you to know is sometimes you're asking the question, what shall we do? But I've come to tell you there's something working in the spirit that you don't know of right now, but you've got to open your eyes and you've got to know that you know that you know that God is still on the throne and he's still in control. He's still in control. He's still able to move. And so we have this where the, the, the servant says, this, alas, my master. This would have been a little stirring. He would have walked out. He would have looked and he would have been back. Alas, my master. What shall we do? What's going to happen? What's going to take place here? This is a problem. And notice the next scripture we have here. Notice the next text. So we answered. And here's the word that I want you to hear right now. Do not fear. There's a reason why this is stated this way, because when you respond from a place of fear, you're not the church. When we respond from a place of fear, we respond from a lack of confidence. And most, most, most importantly, we respond from a lack of faith. When fear takes over, God has no ability to break through that. And so it's important in these last days for the church to understand that you are not called to fear. Don't fear the moment of the time. Don't fear the problem that's going on in your world. Don't fear the things that are in the front of the department stores. Don't fear those things. Don't fear it. Don't fear it. What you've got to do is walk in faith. So he speaks and he deals that with that right off the bat. He says to him, don't fear it. I want you to know right now we're going to deal with the very problem that man's going to have from now on of fear. Do not fear for those. Now he goes and he deals with what's working in the spiritual world that you and I cannot forsake in this modern day. We've got more than we've ever had. We've got more ability to reach more people than we've ever had. Things are happening like they've never happened before. But somehow we, we, we at times, we at times, I'm not going to say all the time, but we take away way the element of God working out the miraculous. Let me tell you real fast. We may not have all the money, but we've got to learn to have all the faith. We may not have all the resources, but yet we operate in faith and God has the rest. And so he tells him, for those who are with us, what'd you say? What's the Spanish word? Did somebody say it? 
Did somebody say there are more? Is that what you said maybe? But I want you to get something right now. That's exactly what's got to happen. you got to have somebody in the crowd that begins to look and say, I thought, I thought, I thought it wasn't going to happen. But those that are with us, those that are with me are more than those that are with him. He spoke to the fearful. He spoke to the worried. He spoke to those that thought this was it. And he said, oh, no, no, no. I want you to know right now you can't see it you don't know it but he's not left us without but he's given us something that's greater he says those who are with us are more than those who are with them but what you're looking at right now is what you can see but now I want you to know something there's a place we're going to go and the next verse tells us about this little situation that happened in his life and Elisha prayed and said Lord I pray Open his eyes that he might see. Open his eyes that he can look and see. Then the Lord opened his eyes of the young man. Open the eyes of the young man. And he saw and behold. Let me just help you real fast. Behold the mountain was. It wasn't that they were coming. It wasn't that he opened his eyes and all of a sudden that it began to show up. It wasn't that he opened his eyes and out of nowhere they were descending like doves of fire on the area. No. He opened his eyes and the help he needed was already there. He opened his eyes and everything he was longing for was already there. He opened his eyes and when he walked out every time a chariot or a horse showed up in the night God sent somebody that was greater. God sent something that was stronger and so when he walked out he didn't know it but everything he feared was also packed with everything he should have faith in that God could make a way. Let me help you understand something right now. You're looking at the problem. You're looking at the situation. You're looking at the trial. You're looking at all the things. But I've come today on this Pentecost Sunday to try to speak a word into somebody's heart in 2023 to tell you that I'm praying God opens your eyes. I'm praying God opens your spirit. And you realize that everything I've been fearing, God, you've already made a way. God, you've already done a work. God, you've already shifted the situation. God, you're already doing in my life. He's already doing it. It's important for you to realize that. The struggle, though, is when you live in the fear dimension. You see what's in front of you, and that's what the modern day is doing to the church. I'm living in fear. I can't believe this or that. I can't believe these things. I've, we've gone through such a thing as a, as, a, as a nation the last four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever years. We've gone through such a shift. And so now we're postured a bit in fear that everything is going to just go crazy again. And, and that's not the place the church has ever lived before. We've never lived like we've walked by faith, not by sight. We've walked in a place where those things, yeah, that, that, that's not God's economy. God works in a whole different place. And so when we're in fear, we can't look and see all these things. We can't understand these things. But when we live in faith, we can say, you know what? I might be going through a moment, but there's a breakthrough coming from me. The, 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 when we live in fear, we say, oh, the doctor said this. But when we live in faith, we say, the doctor said that, but God is saying something else. When we live in fear, we say, oh, man, my family's going through a trial. But when we live, live by faith, we say, God, here's an opportunity for you to do a work in my life that I can tell everybody about. I've got to operate in faith. 
See, this wasn't the first time that Dothan was talked about. Dothan was talked about, I believe, in Genesis 37. And uh, verse 18 is what I gave him. Verse 18 says, Now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near, they conspired against him to kill him. So here we have, once again, we have, in a sense, chariots and horses that have come around one of God's chosen. Verse 19 goes on a little farther. And then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. They ought to have known then. They ought to have known right then that this is not a good situation for us. What they had misunderstood is his dreams were not dreams. They were full of faith. He was living in another dimension. God was doing something in his life. They said this dreamer, he's, he's coming. Look at this dreamer. He's coming. And verse, verse uh, 20 says this. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. We shall say some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. But Reuben spoke up and said, wouldn't we profit more if we sold him off? And let me tell you right now that Joseph might have felt a little fear in the moment. But somehow that fear got turned into faith when he was sold into slavery, when he found himself in a prison, when his lied on by Potiphar's wife, when he was forgotten by the butler and the baker, when everything seemed to go wrong in his life, he was elevated and demoted, elevated and demoted, but somehow in this place again of Dothan, where it seemed like the enemy had come in and made, 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 made headway in the moment that God was calling Joseph up in, the whole key for Joseph was to realize that I know you can't see it right now, but God's working out something on the other side. I know it looks like they're greater. I know it looks like they're stronger. I know it looks like the, the, the end game is written on the wall. But I've come to tell you if you live by faith, you will see the hand of God in the situation. I've got to learn to operate by faith. I've got to learn to understand the power of what God is doing in the moment. Disciples looked up and they, 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 they began to understand that there's a situation on our hands that he's moving to another place. He's, there's, there's, a, there's a change coming and the musicians, you can get ready to come. I'm not going to be much longer because I, I truly, truly feel that God needs to speak into someone's life in this altar service. But the disciples looked up and said, no, 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 we don't understand what's going on. You see, it was always something that God had to speak to in a moment of transition and shift. Before God began to do a great work, he always had to do with the fact that people are going to find themselves fearing. And they said, Lord, we can't do this without you. They feared it. They feared it. They feared it. They had struggles with it. He was having a hard time with the fact that they were saying, we're longing for you to say, we need you to stay. We need you here. We cannot have you go away. And he speaks to them and he deals with the very fact that man is always going to deal with the spirit of fear. We're always going to struggle with fear. We're always going to de deal with this very thing. In verse 7, he says, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons. That's the problem they fear. They didn't understand fully what he was doing. He says to them, however, which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. He tells them right now that I want you to get something. I want you to hear this right now, that you're not going to always understand everything. You're going to have moments where you say, what shall we do? But what I've come to tell you is there's going to be a, a power that shall come in you. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and in Samaria.
Egypt and unto the uttermost part of the earth. What he's saying is you think this is going to make you less. But what I've come to tell you is I've already worked out a plan for it to make you more. You will establish something. You will see great things. You will experience great things. What the Lord was saying in this instruction, what he was telling them in this moment was that I'm not just going to be around you. But I want to move to a place inside of you. You're not going to just have the power near you. But you're about to have the power in you. Let me help you understand real fast. What I want you to see right now is you've been thinking, oh, things are bad. Things aren't going to be good. But I've come come, and I feel it right now in the Holy Ghost so much. I've come to speak to somebody. I've come to tell someone today that you've been looking and you've gotten so fearful. You're looking at the chariots. You're looking at the horses. And I've come to tell you right now. I've come to speak against the things that you're dealing with in your home. I've come to speak against the word you're walking with. I've come to speak against the fear. And I've come to tell you the things you need are already there. The things you're longing for are already there. But what he's saying is open your eyes. Open your eyes to move out of the, the temporal and step into the eternal. Move out of what seems to just be there and say, God, whatever you have for me, whatever it is you want to do in my life, whatever it is, God, whatever it is, I'm moving away from this fear. I'm stepping away from what what, what, what seems to be right in front of me, and I'm going to move to a place where I'm believing beyond what I can understand myself. The Lord said, don't worry. Why would he send a comforter if we didn't at times need comfort? He said, I'm going to deal with people that live at times in fear. I'm going to live with people now. I'm going to work in people that live at times where they they operate in fear. They respond in fear. But he always dealt with that first. He always dealt with the fear first. He always spoke to the fear first. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. He always talked about it. Why? Because fear... It's the opposite of faith. Let me tell you right now, if you're living in fear, then you're not walking in faith. How do I walk in faith? How do I operate in faith? How do I stand in a valley when I'm surrounded by horses and chariots and stand there knowing that God can make it? I operate and I move to a new place and a new dimension in faith. And the Lord spoke to them and said, listen to me right now. I'm not leaving you comfortless. I want you to hear me right now. He said, yes, I'm moving on. I'm going to a new place. I'm doing something different right now. But I'm not leaving you. However, I'm not. My, my goal is no. Can you come with me just for a moment? My goal is no longer just to walk with you. So when, when, we, when we go places, when we go places, we, we, you see me and you see him. No, that's not my goal anymore. That's, he would walk through Judea. He'd walk through Samaria. He'd walk through. We find in the Gospels that they'd be walking and Jesus was there. He said, I know, I know, I know right now they see you and they see Jesus. But what I'm doing now is I, I'm going to go away. Why? So that I can live in you. And so now when people see you, they're going to still see Jesus. When they still see, when they see you, they're still going to see him. But I'm going to let you know that I'm going to fall upon 
you. And I'm going to do a work so that you can reflect me. But how do you best do that? You operate the way I would operate. You operate in faith. You operate in trusting. You operate in moving about. You operate in speaking of those things that are not as though they were. You keep believing. You keep trusting. You keep moving. You keep worshiping. You lift your hands when you feel tired. You shout for joy when you feel worried. You continue on and trust that God's going to do a work in my life. So we said, I'm asking you, how do we receive this? How do we have it? You gotta, you gotta let go of all the stuff. You gotta let, hear, hear me real fast. How do I get through the old, the old ways, the, the where I used to operate a certain way? I, he just said, no, come. Unless she told you to go sit down. No, I'm just kidding. I respect you. I'm just, I'm playing. What, what do I do? First thing he tells him on, on, on Acts two, when, 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 here's what happened. Peter comes up to preach the message. He goes back and sits down, and they said, okay, whoa, 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 tell us more. We want to know more. He says, okay, I'll tell you exactly what it is. Here's how you get it. They said, well, we don't know how to receive this. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the mystery of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When, now, now here, I know some would say, well, Matthew 28, 19 is when, when, when Matthew was speaking that Simon Peter was nearby. And, and also in the upper room that day, uh, uh, Matthew would have been nearby. And so if there was some contradiction there, there would, it would, there would have been some, hey, whoa, 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 what about this? What he was saying in Matthew 28, 19 was go baptizing them in the name. He was speaking to people who knew about the name of Jesus. And he was saying, go tell them when they get the name, they're getting all of it. They're getting the Father. They're getting the Son. They're getting the Holy Ghost. All the things we long for, all the things they divided up, guess what? He put together in one. He brought it together in one. So when Simon Peter got up on that day, he confirmed what Matthew was saying. And he said, go ye therefore, go ye therefore. In other words, repent and be baptized in the name. It's above every other name. And he goes on and says, let me tell you real fast. The thing you're longing for, the thing you're looking for, the thing that you struggle with, the things that you fear, they will be dealt with when you receive. When I let the, the Spirit of the Almighty God come in and live in my life and I say, Lord, I surrender everything I am. I'm sorry for what I was. I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for how I've been. I'm sorry for doubting and fear. But I want to live with you and I have faith right now that you can do a work in my life. I believe it. I thank you for it so that when you see me, you see him. When you when you see me operating, you know he's operating. When you see me worshiping, it's because I'm walking and I'm talking. Here's what I've come to tell you. There's more working that you can't see right now. But he wants you to see it. He wants you to understand it. He wants you to know it. He wants you to have relationship with it. I mean, would you stand to your feet right now? Would you stand to your feet right now all over this place? And I'm asking right now, would you close your eyes? And if you feel comfortable doing so, would you lift your hands high to the Lord for a moment? And I'm going to ask all over this house together, if you will, 
all over this house together. We're going to do something together that's very important. We're going to begin to ask God right now to forgive us of any sin that's in our lives. Forgive us of anything that's not of Him, that's any fear or worry that's not of Him. I'm asking right now in this house, oh God, I pray in Jesus' name, the name that's above every other name. I pray, God, be with us right now. And God, forgive us of anything that is not of you, God. Forgive us for anything we've fought, we've done, God, anything we've been, God. I pray, God, forgive us of anything that we've held on to, any hurt or pain, God. I'm asking in the name of Jesus right now, let your power and your blood do a work in this house, God. I thank you for what you've done for me, Lord. I thank you for the power that you've given me, God. I pray right now, cleanse me, wash me, purge me, oh God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I'm asking God your work. In Jesus' name, they're about to sing right now. I'm going to open these altars all over this place. And I'm asking this morning, if you want to receive what the Lord, I believe, has for you, as they get ready to sing, I'm asking you to step out from where you are and come to this altar. And I, there's some already coming. I wish you lift your hands high and say, Lord, I want everything you have for me. I want you to move in my life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We need some prayer partners to come join us right now, if you will. The Lord's going to do a work right now. Would you come and take a moment? Come on, we should spend some time and ask God to help us. Jesus, we love you. We love you, Jesus. God, I pray you this morning. This morning, do a work in our hearts, God. This morning is going to be with us, God. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.